Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. Oh, yes, strange noises, voices, weird pictures. This last weekend, we had our haunted hayride, and some of the spooks in the haunted woods that's supposed to be scaring people were getting scared themselves. Appalachian Meets World, podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachian. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur out there, especially in eastern Kentucky, check them out. Appalachian Meets World, we're back. Another week, it's Will. And Neil, what's up, my man? Special episode today. It is our Halloween edition. Spooky, creepy Halloween. I'm ready. Is the haunted barn ready? Uh, we'll do the finishing touches this weekend. It's not completely ready, but it's uh, it's getting there. Uh, how spooky is it this year? Is it an upgrade? Yeah, somewhat. For the price, I don't know that you'll beat it. Three dollars. Uh, Three dollars. I don't know if uh, you'll be able to top it. Well, what about you, personally? Do you have a costume this year? Uh, I can't give away my secrets just yet. Come on. This broadcast. I'm afraid somebody will know it's me. Does it involve a mask? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> have a mask on. I, I love the mask idea for Halloween. It, it, it lets me act as a different person when I put a mask on. I know. It's like a whole different character. It's great. I do have a costume myself, and I'll go ahead and reveal, but my dog apparently is going to be a banana, and so oh. I got a gorilla costume to match. <laughs> mask, full mask, and tow. <laughs> you and the dog, huh? Yeah. So what's your plans? You guys you got a Halloween haunted barn you're going to, or what? Man, our, our community really goes all out for Halloween, and so it's just a free-for-all for, for the kids to go from house to house and collect tons of candy, but also get, get scared at every at every stop. I love it. Are you going to let the kids eat all that candy? Are you going to follow them around and pick through it? What, what's, what's that look like? You know, we'll drive to the destination, let them trick or treat. By the time we get home, they have half the bag eaten before I even know it. It's hard to stop them. We, we try to limit what they eat, but it's, it's about impossible. I figure once a year, just let them have a little excess and, and, and gorge themselves on candy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with once a year. I'm for it. Uh, speaking of, do you have a favorite Halloween candy? You know, I'm, I'm kind of simple, I guess. Uh, I always like a crunch bar, payday, Snickers. I'm not a big sour guy. What about you? You got a favorite? I do have a favorite. Uh, I like the Twix. I'm with you with the crunch bar. Also like a good Kit Kat and a hundred grand. hundred grand? Is that it? Now that's old that- school, but it's one of my favorites as well. 
I'm not a huge candy person. You know, I like the, uh, I, I'll have to admit, I never do eat the candy. I'm, I'm, I'll kind of skip over the candy. I'm not, I'm not big on it either. I remember when, when we were younger, I used to hoard it in a, in a desk drawer in my room. And I thought if I ate it, that it would be gone. So it just basically sat there the whole year. Been there for a year. I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what was your favorite cost? Do you have a favorite costume you've ever worn? You know, I always go back to, to my fourth grade costume of being the Joker. <laughs> I had like the best Joker costume of all time. <laughs> As you got that age, mom was a little more willing to purchase a costume. She would always make my costume. When I came along, you know, things were different, I guess. Yeah, but, but when she would make my costume, it was like, you know, you wanted to go to school as like, as a boy, as the most scariest thing on the planet. <laughs> and she would come up with ideas. One year I was a mad scientist. None of my friends knew what I was. I had like a... It was it was white, but it was like a brown bag, just with a like a, like a handle that you get from the store, uh, just paper. She had put a ziploc of macaroni hanging out of it, like hard macaroni shells, and she claimed that it was parts of the brain. And so, <laughs> my friends were like, "What are you?" <laughs> like, I'm a mad scientist. This is my brain. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> It was the worst costume ever, but uh, I still had a good time. <laughs> that, that was the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any app news for us this week? Yeah, I have a little bit. Since it's a special Halloween edition, I will be quick with this. But the ARC just announced their power awards. They actually awarded $54 million in this round of power grants to 64 projects in 217 counties. So Alabama got one award. Kentucky got nine awards. New York got one award. North Carolina got two awards. Ohio got 11 awards. Pennsylvania got 19 awards. Tennessee got four awards. Virginia got four awards. And West Virginia got 13 awards. I just wanted to mention that. Also, We've talked about diabetes in the region before and the and the problem it is not only in eastern Kentucky but throughout Appalachia. But SOAR is putting on their first ever diabetes symposium on November 3rd from 8 to 4 in Hazard, Kentucky. They're not only bringing together eastern Kentucky, but they're bringing together surrounding states as well. So check that out. We'll put it in the show notes. It's a diabetes symposium, November 3rd in Hazard, Kentucky. Also, I want to mention one article the National Geographic just put out. It's called Haunted Appalachia, the Birth of Man and Monster. We'll put that in the show notes. You can check it out. It just talks about the supernatural at this time of year in the age-old Appalachian mountains. Those are really the only ones I have, but I wanted to ask you, you know, we've talked about different stories in Appalachia before. You know, we've talked, we've had episodes on the Mothman. We've had episodes on the Pink Lady. We've talked about the Wampus Cat. We've talked about the Brown Lights. We talked about Bigfoot, Wolfman, Smoke Wolf. The Grafton Monster, the Silver Giant. We've talked about all of these. But one thing I wanted to ask you about this year, and some of these I agree with, some of these I don't, but 
called Appalachian Urban Legends, The Scary Truth. They not only talk about some of the cryptids and some of the hauntings, but they also talk about superstitions in Appalachia. I feel what better time to talk about superstitions than Halloween. So I wanted to ask you, there are 11 superstitions that they named. I wanted to see if you recognized or abided by any of these. I love it when you do this to me. Never close a knife you didn't open or you'll have bad luck for seven years. Absolutely abide by that one. Keep a penny in your washer. No, I do not. I often find them in my washer, but not on purpose. (laughs) Don't wash clothes on New Year's Day or you'll wash a family member out. No, No. never abide by that. Never heard of that. Don't walk under a ladder. If you find yourself under one, don't turn around. Back up. Yeah, I will say... Have heard of it and also practice that for sure. Don't let anyone sweep under your feet. Never really been concerned with that. If a bad storm is coming, put a two-edge axe into a stump facing the storm to ensure the storm goes around you. I uh, know, but I like that one. Yeah, I've never heard of that one either. Don't cut your baby's hair before their first birthday. No, didn't abide by that one either. Don't let a pregnant woman see a dead person or the baby will have a birthmark. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Hold your breath when you pass a cemetery or you'll be the next to die. Jeez. Good thing we didn't practice that one growing up. No, definitely not, considering we live by a cemetery. Um, We did. That, and I always held my breath through a tunnel. If you're walking with someone, you have to go on the same side of a post or obstacle or it will break your friendship. Yes, I do abide by that. I'm weird. Uh, really? I'm not afraid to admit it. The worst is like at a theme park, you know, you're in, and like you come to a pole or something and you, you realize it real quick and you jump on the other side. <laughs> it's bad I luck, guess, man. You can't, can't do that. I guess you, do, you don't step on cracks either, right? Oh, break mama's back. I ain't about <laughs> to do that. Are you kidding me? Last one. Never leave a rocking chair rocking or you'll invite spirits. No, didn't know that. And speaking of spirits, I wanted to bring up what we're going to be talking about on this Halloween. One of the hauntings that I left out that we have talked about in the past, but we haven't really dived into. And that is the historic Bell Witch. Yeah. Heard tales of this one, Will, for a long time. I'm looking forward to to this conversation today. Yeah, I want to say, just point out, that the Bell Witch and the, the Bell Witch Cave and the story takes place in Adams, Tennessee, which is actually on the fringe of Appalachia. But Appalachia, the region, has always kind of held on to the myth of the Bell Witch and has taken it as one of their own. So we're going to talk about it today. We'll ask them about being outside the region, but we consider it an Appalachian myth and an Appalachian legend. I think it's something I've always considered Appalachian. What about you? Same. Maybe we can talk to the experts here that actually take part in giving some of the tours on site. We find out a little more about it. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's do it. On the episode today, we have a special guest, Miss Candy Hooten. 
of the Bell Witch Cave. She is the director of operations there. And also, uh, well, we'll get into it in regards to her family experience with the Bell Witch Cave. But Candy, we want to just welcome you to the program. Thank you for being taking the time of being a part of it. Oh, no problem. If you could, maybe for our listeners that don't know, just give a brief um, history of the Bell Witch, how it all started or how it all originated. Well, it started back in the 1800s when the Bell family moved here. They started having a lot of strange things happen around their farm, in their house, and this spirit gained strength to where it could talk, and it slapped the kids and pulled their hair, pinched them, but it also attended the local church, like the whole town witnessed this. And it's gone down in history as the only known case of the supernatural to ever kill a person because eventually it killed uh, John Bell, according to the history. <laughs> and it is known as one of the most haunted places in the U.S. Well, there is a tremendous amount of paranormal activity that happens here. Um, and it's not just the cave. Uh, we have paranormal activity all over the farm. Our gift shop, the, the cabin that we have here now to show people how the Bell family would have lived. The concession stand, the barns, my mom's house, because uh, my mom lives on the property. So yeah, paranormal activity happens all over the property. So you, you mentioned the property and you, you know, the Bell Witch, like you said, started the killing or the haunting started 200 years ago around 1817 with the with the bell family who owned all of the property but i wanted to ask you about your own family you your your family actually bought part of the property i don't know 20 30 years ago yes john bell originally owned 220 acres of property that's what he initially bought when he first moved here half of that original 220 acres was broke off after john bell died and then in the mid-1800s, it got sold out of the Bell family, and it just came about that in 1993, my parents found it for sale in the Thrifty Nickel in Nashville. It's a little newspaper. Uh, said the Bell Witch K Farm was for sale, so they came and looked at it, and here we are 30 years later. <laughs> did, they, did they know what they were buying? <laughs> Yes, they did. Um, we had heard about the Bell Witch. My mom had even read a book on the Bell Witch before we had moved here. And believe it or not, we actually came up here on a tour after it was listed for sale. And my mom asked the owner how, how much property they had. And he said, why do you want to buy it? And she was like, oh no, you know, but of course it ended up that they did end up buying it. And so your family has encountered these experiences over the last 30 years? Do you remember the first time maybe you specifically encountered an experience? The first time I ever had anything happen was here in my mom's house. I was in the kitchen and I heard nobody else was in the house, but I heard something bump into the table 
and when I turned around, the phone cord was swinging back and forth like somebody had bumped into the table. And I thought that maybe my mom and sister was trying to scare me. I thought they're gonna jump out from behind the, the wall and, and, and scare me, but they weren't here. <laughs> and so you've had many more since then? Oh yes, strange noises, voices, weird pictures. This last weekend we had our haunted hayride and some of the spooks in the haunted woods that's supposed to be scaring people were getting scared themselves because they were seeing strange things out in the woods and hearing strange things. So sometimes it might be more scared for them than the people on the hayride. <laughs> and you referenced the Bell Witch as a spirit. They actually call the Bell Witch Kate. Right? So there, there's something there in regards to the history. Yes. One time when the spirit was asked what it was, it said it was Kate Batts' witch, which was a neighbor of the Bells, and she was also related to the Bells. Kate Batts was Lucy Bell's niece, which was John Bell's wife. So she would have been cousins to all the children, but the books never refer to her as Cousin Kate. But she was a, an eccentric woman, and she was blamed for the hauntings, even though, well, my personal opinion is that she didn't have anything to do with it. Kate Batts was alive and well 10 years after John Bell died, and because she was eccentric and the spirit said that it was Kate, everybody just kind of believed that. But the spirit also said that she was an Indian spirit, an immigrant spirit, one time a spirit from everywhere, heaven, hell, and the earth. So nobody really knows what it was, but I refer to it as a spirit because I don't really feel like it's a witch. I think it just kind of got named that because of the time period. And speaking of the time period, I mean, this was a well-known haunting, even at the time, even as prominent as a president came and witnessed the hauntings. I know Andrew Jackson had a quote that said, I'd rather face the entire British Army than spend another night with the Bell Witch. So this was widely known. It, you know, presidents always tell the truth. So if, <laughs> if, <laughs> so if Andrew Jackson said it, then there must have been honey, right? That, that has always been part of the story that Andrew Jackson came here. And for a long time, I actually was wondering why he would come here, which I know once word got out about the story that people were coming from all over to witness it. But after uh, this last year, I started doing some research and then I was kind of looking at some of the historical records. John Bell Jr., Jesse Bell, and Richard Powell all served under Andrew Jackson in the War of 1812. And from what we've all, from what we've understood, Andrew Jackson owned property down in Cedar Hill. So it is very likely that he came here and, and witnessed it. So the Bell family still owns property, but your family owns the cave. So the cave is actually where the Bell Witch technically resides, correct? That that's the that's the story. A lot of people think that the spirit of the Bell Witch returned to the cave in 1935 and has been haunting the cave ever since. But it's one of those things that I tell everybody that it's left up to them to decide whether they think the Bell Witch still haunts the Bell Witch Cave. But I do know there's something there. 
there's something here on this farm and we even have the people at the dollar general and adams tell us like take the witch back with you when you go because things happen up in adams so so as part of the cave you all have tours like you can we wanted to highlight what you guys do there and let people know that they can come and get a tour at the cave i know you also give a lantern tour tours every night you also have paranormal investigations can you just talk a little bit about all of that that that, that the experiences that people can get if they come to the property this being october our busiest month we have and i think it might be a little backwards on our website but sunday through wednesday we have um night or lantern tours available and then thursday we have online booking only for cave and cabin friday nights were open well this will be the last halloween weekend but this friday will open at six and be open till midnight and we have haunted hay rides cave tours and cabin tours and saturday noon to midnight we're open for cave cabin we have daytime hay rides that tell more history than what you get in the cave in the cabin you also get a pumpkin you pick out your pumpkin but then starting at seven we go to the nighttime haunted hay ride for you know the jump scare but we'll be doing cave and cabin tours all day and then sundays we're open from noon to six open to the public and then uh seven o'clock we start lantern tours and the paranormal investigation that's that's kind of totally separate and only happens every so often correct yes this year is the first year that we've ever done that and they have all went really great it seemed like everybody enjoyed themselves we have one a month. Our last one for the year, as of right now, some people are asking for one in November, is October the 30th, and right now it's booked up. So some people are asking for another one, but those are hosted by the Black Wolf Paranormal. And if you check out their Facebook, there was a picture taken here on August 26th for the paranormal investigation that got a very, very strange picture uh, at the back of the cabin. It looks like somebody standing in the doorway. No way. I was, I was really shocked when she sent it to me. I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> Is that cabin the original Bell cabin? No, the original Bell house was torn down in the mid 1800s. And from what I've always, from what's written, is that they tore it down because it was already falling apart. And they were afraid somebody was gonna get hurt in, in it, so they tore the original house down. So even if there was anything left, it would be pretty, pretty well gone by now. But my parents put the cabin that's here now here because they wanted people to be able to see how the Bell family lived, what their house looked like, what it was shaped like, to kind of give you a better picture. But the cabin that we have here is from the 1800s. It, I know some people have been saying that it's a new cabin, but it's not. It's from the 1800s and has the exact same layout as the original Bell House. So it's exactly what the Bell House would have looked like when they first moved here. Candy, you mentioned earlier that your your mother still lives on on the land there. Are you scared to stay the night with your mom? <laughs> 
Well, we moved here when I was 12, originally. Okay. So, okay. I've gotten used to the noises and things in the house, but I have stayed the night over here with my mom on multiple occasions, and it's actually, I probably get a better night's sleep here a lot. Um, I sleep through the night, and I sleep good, but there are times where noises <laughs> there are noises in the house but does your mother typically stay a, a, alone at the at this house on the on the property oh no she uh my okay. oldest okay. daughter uh also lives here with her and then we just live at the end of her driveway <laughs> so i got i gotta ask you you've mentioned your thoughts on a couple of different things during during uh will's questions so I can't let this episode pass me up and not ask you this. You mentioned earlier that John Bell was was killed by by the witch or by the spirit. Do you really believe that the spirit killed John Bell or do you think maybe suicide? No, I, I don't believe that it was suicide. Now there has been some people suggest that maybe he was being poisoned. By the spirit or by someone else? By someone else. I mean, oh, okay. there has been people, but there is a lot of theories that's thrown around when it comes to the story of the Bell Witch because nobody knows who it was and why she wanted to target John Bell, why she wanted to target his daughter Betsy. So those are questions that are left open to where nobody really knows. So there is a lot of theories that get thrown out. But from from the time the witch started terrorizing the Bell family, actually from the time she started to talk, she swore to kill John Bell. For those three years, she talked about killing John Bell, um, terrorizing him to death and, and whatnot. So, I mean, it, I know it's gone down in history that way, but could there have possibly been a culprit that poisoned him? Yes. But ultimately, from my understanding of all the books, is that he was poisoned. And of course, the witch, took full responsibility for it. Right. There is a, I think a chemist at Austin P that's been doing a study on this of like all of his symptoms that he had and the cat that they tested the liquid on dying. And she, she believes that it was arsenic just because of the way his symptoms were. Okay, so another question. If our listeners wanted to come to the property and they had that one chance to get there. Is there one experience or, or one thing in particular that you would recommend to our listeners to make sure you do while you're on property? What would that be? Uh, my daughter's <laughs> in the background and said, don't take a rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would say like if they want to get an experience here, I would probably most recommend the paranormal investigations or the lantern tours, but it really depends on the person. There's some people that just want to see the cave and really don't even want a tour. They just want to see it, but other people want to hear the history. And the more and more a person is involved in the story, I would say the, the bigger step you take, like if you just want to see it, 
then come on a tour, a daytime tour when the pub when it's open to the public. Otherwise, I would say if you really like the story, then go on our three-hour lantern tour. And then if you're really into the paranormal, then do the paranormal investigation. <laughs> okay, so I got one, I got one more personal question. So, as a lover of Halloween myself, and you know, Candy, you you, you kind of grew up as. I guess Halloween has has been a uh, a big part of of your your livelihood. I guess. I mean, I would I would say, right? So I'm assuming that you like Halloween as well. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, I do. Um, this year, we, me and my mom and my husband and my oldest daughter here helped set up the haunted woods and oh perfect this is this this is what I, this is great yeah. so at my house bill has his own haunted barn we we have we have a haunted barn every year at my house and like five or six hundred people go through the haunted barn on halloween we only do it on halloween night we don't charge it's you know free of charge everybody can go through so as a lover of Halloween I, I like for new ways to scare people and what better person to ask than members of your family so is there anything you would recommend to me to make sure I do at the haunted barn um well it's a jump scare barn correct yeah I would say make sure you have different things that will get a startle out of people <laughs> Train horn. <laughs> We're still trying to figure that out, honestly, because this is the second year with me, my brother, and my sister doing the haunted hayride, and there we're still trying to figure out good ways to to get get the jump scare. <laughs> okay. okay, can I ask okay. your daughter, Haley? Have you ever taken a rock from the cave? No, but she has. <laughs> I, I know what's going to happen if I take a rock. I don't want. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to get those consequences. But I won't tell. I'll pass it on. Is there also something behind saying the name three times? Like Bloody Mary, go to the go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, say I don't believe in the Bell Witch three times. I thought it was I hate the Bell Witch. Either. Yeah, and then supposedly she'll Scra scratch you. I'm not into all that. No. <laughs> Yeah, but my mom just made the comment that people are getting scratched anyway. So we that is something that in all the years that my parents have had this business, it might be a very rare occasion where somebody gets scratched. But this year, I'd say there has been about 12 people scratched. One of them was during the paranormal investigation, and it actually scratched high H Y. H.I. on his back um, and then another guy was bleeding pretty bad but I mean there's been quite a few scratches this year. So when you have your haunted hayride who gets who gets the honor of dressing up as the Bell Witch? <laughs> um, well for the last few weekends my niece but my niece has also called me from back there and called my mom and other people and she's she's pretty scared back there because this particular area of the farm she's been having a lot of strange things happen to her back there so she, she she's getting scared herself uh working the witches scene so 
Have you ever tried to spend the night in the cave? No, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to. My birthday is the day before Halloween. And all these years, Halloween, I always had to be here for the for the cave tours and everything. And on my 18th birthday, I asked my parents if I could stay the night in the cave for my birthday. They said no. And since then, I just really haven't had the interest. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, since our show is Appalachia Meets World, we talk to people inside of Appalachia, but also outside of Appalachia. But anything I've read or any like historical references, Appalachia has really taken hold of the Bell Witch. A lot of people reference it as an Appalachia cryptid or as an Appalachia ghost story, which technically Adams, Tennessee is not technically in the ARC territory of Appalachia, but you're right on the fringe. I was just wondering if you all recognize as Appalachians or as Appalachia there in Tennessee where you live. I don't guess so. Because I guess well, I feel like we're a little bit too far west for that. Yeah. I've always wondered that. I, I think it's just Appalachia likes to grab hold of ghost stories and, and uh, it's always told throughout the region of the Bell Witch or it's referenced as an Appalachian ghost story. Oh, that's glad cool. I, I didn't know that. Well, we want to thank you uh, all for being on the episode. Thank you for sharing the tales. Also, we want to thank you for what you do there on the farm to keep the history alive of the Bell Witch so people can actually experience on their own the hauntings and the scares that you provide. Oh, well, thank you. It is a feat for sure. <laughs> If anyone ever does come to, uh, does a cave or cabin tour, make sure you ask for me. Ask for Kaylee? For, yeah, for your tour guide. <laughs>
this farm, this cave, this haunting has been on TV in a number of episodes on the Travel Channel. It's been recognized. It's a 200-year-old story. Like I said in the episode, has the most hauntings in the United States. It's a well-known tradition here that we have in Appalachia. What a unique just business altogether. And as you can tell from my questioning during the episode, I'm intrigued. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the way that they've carried it on, having bought the farm and carried it on over throughout the years. Testament to the family. Do you have a business of the week for us to highlight other than this great business? I do. And, and obviously in recognition of the Halloween episode, I wanted to talk about a new festival that has emerged on, if you haven't heard, the Frankie Silver murder case of 1833. It was a pretty gruesome murder of Charlie Silver on July 12th, 1833. Frankie Silver, his wife, actually, after their firstborn, chopped Charlie up and disposed of his body both were under the age of 20 she was actually the first woman executed by the court system in the united states in north carolina in the appalachian parts of north carolina this took place in burke county north carolina and as part of that just last year supported by gina phillips of burke county started a festival on the 200-year story, 200-year tradition of this event where Frankie was sentenced to death. Her trial and the events that followed were full of details, uh, not to mention a head located in a hollow tree stump, a soothsayer, a jailbreak, a near pardon for her from the governor, a questionable burial location, a poem, a series of ways this young woman was probably a political pawn. So there's a lot of background to this story. And this small county has started a tradition. It's called Halloween. It started in 2021. We'll, we, we'll post their website. But they have a number of events that happen over Hill, what they call Halloween. They have a haunted schoolhouse, a night festival, an old-fashioned children's carnival, Bruce Pine event where they have a number of musical acts. They have hay rides. All this takes place throughout the county in different locations. Like I said, we'll post it in the show notes. But it's a pretty cool idea based on the Frankie Silver murder case of 1823, which if you're from that area, it's a well-known and well-talked-about story for the last 200 years. So like the Bell Witch, which is one of the oldest stories. This also almost 200 years old, and it's just now has become part of tourism destination for Burke County, North Carolina. So I wanted to just highlight that as the Halloween episode at Biz of the Week. I love it. Halloween is upon us, and as we've already mentioned, it's one of my favorites. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we definitely want to thank Candy and Kaylee and all the family again for not only being on the episode, but for carrying on the tradition and carrying carrying on what happens there at the Bell Witch Farm. Stay warm out there on Halloween. It's going to be a cold one.
Definitely. And I guess this Halloween's Eve, we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>